What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. And I am back with another betting show as MMA returns after a week of a hiatus. If you missed last week's show, uh, please check it out. I went back over my uh, my bets for the year, kind of at the halfway point of the year. Although someone told me today, it's actually another month until the halfway point of the year, and I'm like... Is it? <laughs> but anyway, we're here. And um, uh, yeah, some of those bets, I, I predicted the champions for the year. I gave a few bets for the year. Plus, I gave a few more bets for the rest of the year as well. So uh, if you haven't checked that out yet, please uh, please do check it out. Um, let's go over the bets as well. So for the week before, because we had another very, very, very good week. And I'm absolutely delighted with it. We've been on some run the last three weeks in a row. The Flyers have hit... Every single week, we had a plus 600 bet, a plus 600 bet, and a plus 575 bet from last week, which is absolutely fantastic. That bet was uh, Alex Ander Hernandez winner. It feels like so long ago that these fights have kind of gone out of my memory, but like uh, I kind of slightly reviewed them last week, but um, that bet did hit anyway. We I had another uh, flyer. I went for two flyers that uh, week, if you remember correctly. McKinsey Dern at plus 1800 to get the, the knockout. Anyone who watched that fight knows that's a pretty good bet, to be honest, because she almost did it so many times. It didn't. It didn't hit though. Uh, the Nick Fiore bet. I was. I was wrong on that one. Chase got a good uh, win there, but the other two bets straight up. I got correct. McKinsey Darn minus one seven seven. Looking back on that, what a price that was! An absolute shellacking of a performance there against uh, Angela Hill and Lupi Godinez, uh minus one fifty got the win as well. Maybe not her best performance, and maybe it, the fight didn't go exactly the way I predicted either. So uh, that's one. You know, I look usually I'm coming on here and giving the hard look story. That's kind of a good look story. I think there more than anything else. So uh, the pick, the pick was good. The reasoning maybe not so good. So I'll take that one. I'll take that one. Um, the record as we stand right now, um, uh, two of three last week, obviously, on the bets and one of two on the flyer. So we're 33 for 68 overall, uh, which is, is not too bad. Just over 50% and seven of 18 on the flyers, which I think is absolutely incredible, to be honest. Like, I, I think I only hit like three or something all of last year. To hit seven already, uh, you know, f- what, five months into this year? Is, is pretty incredible. So I'm absolutely delighted with that. And like, if we can hit another two or three of those flyers towards the end of the year, uh, like, I'm, I'm, I'm calling that a win anyway. I'm, I'm calling that a win. So uh, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty happy with that. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. And, and as I said, check out the other betting show as well. One or two of the bets happened, one or two of bits didn't, one or two of bits, like, one of them was what, John Jones and, uh, and Francis Ngannou, so that's uh, obviously not going to happen, so we gave uh, a few bets for the end of the year uh, as well, and, you know, a few, uh, even uh, even a few fights have been announced, I suppose, since that recording, what, 10 days ago or so, so maybe, you know, maybe we do a three-quarter way of the year uh, one as well, the, the next time, uh, the next time there's no fights, which doesn't happen that often. I was actually just looking at the... Uh, uh, the list of uh, of UFC weekends uh, here up on Sherdog.com. And we've June 3rd, 10th, 17th, 24th, 1st of July, 8th of July, 15th, 22nd, 29th, 5th of August, 12th of August, 19th of August, 
And then we saw from there. So from now until the 19th of August, at least, and I'm sure they haven't announced the fights up until then, every single weekend. <laughs> it's like, okay, we don't get a Saturday night for the whole summer, I guess. All right, that's, that's fair enough. And like, there's there's actually some very good cards coming up, to be fair. Now, there's been some very bad UFC cards recently, but we have, you know, Nunes versus Aldana. We have uh, Taporia versus Emmett. We have Volkanovski versus Rodriguez. Aspinall and Tybora. Maybe not a ma- massive fight, but it's all in London. Pariegechi as well. And Sterling O'Malley, I suppose. Um, you know, some very good stuff in there. No, and I left out the bad stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I don't want McMahon coming after me. <laughs> I thought actually just on that quickly maybe before we start and uh, you know maybe this isn't a topic so much for a betting show but it is because we talk about the bets all the time and it's funny you come on here and like I'm picking out my bets and you as I said before what I always like to do picking out my bets look at the obvious ones look at like the fighters I know before I have to do any research or anything on them uh, and look at that bet and go oh, that could be a good bet then watch a couple of fights and stuff there's a lot of fights recently even this card to a certain extent there's lads like in the co-main event or in the, you know, sometimes even in the main event or the third fight from the top. And you're thinking like, who is, who is he again? You know, uh, let me go back and watch it. You know, who did she fight in her last fight? Who did she, it's, and before, uh, and I'm someone who does this every week. I come on, I can't fake it. I'm doing it every single week. I'm watching the fight. But you just, uh, me anyway, I just can't remember him as much. There's just so much, and it's very hard to do it. I think McMahon are kind of coming out saying, oh, what's bad? I'm like, well, it's not so much necessarily that it's bad. It's not that the fighters are bad or anything like that. There's just so much of it that it's impossible to keep a hold of in terms of your memory, but also to decipher between what's good and what's kind of not good. And I think that's kind of what he's fallen into there. Because, like... I feel like I've really tried in all my work to decipher what's good in the UFC over the last while. Uh, and, and, and not what's good, but what's like elite. And there's very, very, there's very, very few top level elite cards. There's a lot of very, very good fights, but there's very few that you say, like you go through the whole card or you go even go through three to four fights of the card and said this is top level like that person could be a champion even some uh, to a certain extent in cards like this like uh, and the difference between that and cards like this is you're looking at lads like can this guy even be a top 15 fighter in some cases and that makes that makes the betting uh it gives you opportunities absolutely but it also gives you like it's harder to especially when there's up and coming fighters and they haven't that much tape on them or they haven't that much experience it's hard to know how they're actually going to perform so it's a thing you definitely have to decipher when you're looking at bets now it's very hard to uh, decipher the top level fights as well because a very good skill set versus a very good other skill set skill set is uh is not an easy one to to get through either but i i think a lot of people and myself included when you look at betting and you look at how you're picking your fights the quality of the card definitely matters because I think you do look at it a different way. Like there is, if someone has a, a, a jujitsu is a good example, right? Jujitsu is a good example. Very, very unless someone has like a massive dominance in all areas or a massive wrestling dominance uh, anywhere. Jiu-jitsu very rarely is the finishing maneuver. Let's say in a top level MMA fight, but at a lower level, it often is. And you'll have seen, I, I guarantee you, since like the oversaturation, but since the ESPN deal came in, I guarantee you there's a lot more finishes by submission than there was in like the sweet spot of the period beforehand where we had a lot of very good mixed martial arts, uh, but the fights were kind of just getting to a level where they're every weekend. So 
that's a thing to, to keep an eye on. But anyway, we'll uh, we'll get straight into it here. And funnily, I have uh, I I have no finishes on this week's bets. <laughs> I have none. So to actually, I, I don't know if people are looking at it or not. And this is another thing to look at with, with the betting. I'm here recording this on a Wednesday evening, right? And I I usually do a little bit earlier. The betting ads come out, and I I you know. I love to be prepared. I get my stuff recorded very quickly. There was no betting ads out in this until Wednesday evening Irish time. And still, I'm here. I don't have all the betting ads. A lot of, some of the fights, the, the knockouts and the submission. There's very few betting ads out. Like the, the win and last money line bets, uh, betting ads were out, but the rest weren't. And I think that is a thing you're going to see more of for uh, these cards. Like the offering of betting ads even is not going to be as, as early and as big uh, as it is for the big cards or as it once was. So another thing to, to keep in mind of. Right. Let's get into the bets for next week. I have uh, the first bet and the last bet from the UFC and the middle three are from KSW because I really like this KSW card uh, and there's a few very interesting cards. Like it's, this KSW card is by far and away bigger and better than the UFC card without a shadow of a doubt. 45, 50,000 people there. Title fights on the line, top quality fighters. You know, Pujanovsky, <laughs> you know, madness like that. Kaladov, one of the best fighters. Like, to me, the best matchup uh, this week, without a shadow of a doubt, uh, is Marion Zakovsky against Saladin Parnas, the most high-level fight by a country mile, I think, uh, is that one. Although the UFC main event is pretty good as well, but uh, I have a bet on that as well. Let's get into it. So, first bet of the week. I, I Honestly, I'm not too sure on this one, but I like the price, right? So, I'm going for Jim Miller to win here in uh, over in the UFC this is on in, in the UFC Apex as well you know we all love the UFC Apex there's I, I, I can't wait for the Ari Hawani tweet there's like there's 45,000 people at KSW and there's 45 people at the, <laughs> the UFC Apex watching this but the first bet anyway Jim Miller uh, to beat Jared Gordon at plus 140 um, I'm going for this for one big reason I think right Jim Miller, you, you look at him, right, and he's, he's gotten to a certain age now, and when you, people get to a certain age in MMA, there's usually, like, a, a pretty significant uh, drop-off uh, in, in, you know, their ability and what they can do and how they can move and all of that. And, look, there's been there's been definitely a bit of that from Jim Miller, but maybe not as much as, as you would ex- expect. You know, he's talking about fighting on UFC 300 and all of that, and I'm sure it's not, you know, completely beyond the uh, the realms of possibility but the one thing i i noticed when you look back at his his recent fights and even just r- rather even before looking at the fights you look at kind of the record and i, I think like his last his last four fights are a good example of it he beat eric gonzalez to, uh, nicholas mata cowboy Cerrone, and he lost to alexander hernandez what i think the difference was in that hernandez fight compared to to the others was that Hernandez is just kind of a, 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 a very good athlete. I don't think Alex Hernandez is the best fighter in the world, although when he turns up, he's a very he can be a very good fighter and he can be a dangerous fighter, and he's one that I always looked at to like, okay, you know, he has that athletic ability. Can he go on and, and do something even more if it all came together? And I do think he is one of those guys that that, that can happen. Whereas the others, they have, uh, not to say any of those are bad athletes, but Miller was able to beat all of them and finish all of them. And... 
uh, what I think the reason for that is, and may, maybe I'm drawing a conclusion here to kind of benefit my analysis or whatever, and, you know, there's always the possibility of that. I think Jim Miller is like a little bit of an underrated athlete, to be honest. Like, it's funny, I was watching Roosevelt Roberts on, um, on Tough last night, and Jim Miller beat him, and he's a big, tall guy for, for the weight. And some of the other guys said, the likes of Scott Holtzman, Vince Fichel, Joe Selecki, who have beaten him down through the years, you know, are... are Maybe not the most skilled guys in the world, but all kind of good athletes. And Charles Oliveira, even back in the day, you look so. And I'm getting to I'm getting to the point here. You look at Jared Gordon, and I think what Jared Gordon is is just a very good, well put together technical fighter or a fighter who tries to be technical. I don't think he is the athlete that some of the guys named there are definitely not an Alex or Ander Hernandez and others. No, not to say he's not a better fighter than them, right? But I don't think he's as good an athlete as them. So I think that immediately draws Jim Miller a bit of an advantage or draws the fight closer than someone else maybe of, uh, you know, Garden's skill set. That if they ha- let's say if you put Garden's skill set with Alexander Hernandez's athletic ability, you have a, a, a very good fighter altogether, or not even maybe skill set, but his work ethic and his ability to stay in there and his chin and his toughness and all of that and his intelligence as well. Like look what he did to uh, to Paddy Pimblett in that fight. That was that was a lot of intelligence led to uh, led to that. So I think it's uh, I think it's a very close fight, but the reason I'm going for Miller is that. I think if this kind of claws in and becomes a close fight and Jared Garden tries to do what he did say against Pimler, or he does in other fights, to get a slight advantage in an area, I think it's going to be tougher to do that against Jim Miller. Like the way he put Paddy Pimler against the cage for five minutes of the, the third round. I don't think Jim Miller is going to allow that necessarily. And if he does put him there, I think Jim Miller is used to fighting kind of stronger, better athletes who, unless they are very, very, very good, they're not going to control him in that sort of area. And Miller will either, you know, go down, turn the position, take you down maybe, or dominate from that position, even if it's just kind of a transition to where he can get out and where he can win the fight. I think he's also, as, uh, you know, as smart as Garden is. I think Miller is very smart as well and won't fall into a lot of the traps that Garden lays for him. And if he does earlier, if Garden has laid good traps early, I think Miller has the ability to adjust as well. So... <sighs> It's, I, as I said again, I do think it's a close fight. I will get to the, the betting later on of the fight to go to, say, a decision or something like that. I, I like the fight to go to a decision, but I'm going to go for Miller here. I think there's a, a little bit of uh, a little bit of fuel left in, in the old tractor yet. And, uh, yeah, I'm going for uh, Jim Miller in the first bet of this week. All right. The second bet of the week. <laughs> and this is uh, another old dog for the, for the long road. Uh in uh, Pojanowski versus Artur Spilka. Uh, and I'm going for Spilka to win a plus 180. Um, I just think it's a very, very good price at him, to be honest. Like, you look at Pojanowski. So, if people don't know Artur Spilka, he fought, um, or he boxed even against, um, I think, Klitschko and uh, was it Deontay Wilder as well. He was, you know, a very high-class boxer, fought to a very high level. Uh, and now he's coming over to MMA and he's fighting against the former, I think, five-time world's strongest man, Marius Pujanovsky, who has become a very good MMA fighter over the years, knocked out Michel Materla, uh, two, what, two fights ago, fought against Kalidov last time out, did get knocked out, but still to be up and fighting at that level is very, very good for a guy who, you know, at his age, who's come over from strongman. 
is a, a massive, massive achievement. Um, I was surprised to see Pudzianowski's the favourite, I won't lie. And the reason for that is... The, look, the reason he's favourite is because people think he's very strong. He's going to go over, take him down and beat the boxer. And he very well might, right? But I just think over the last while, Pudzianowski's found it harder to do that. He did it against Khaled out for a second, but wasn't able to hold him there, right? Against Matarla, he knocked him out. I don't think he'd be going out trying to knock out Artur Spilka. And if he does, I think it could be a big, big issue. But what you have to do when you're fighting against Pudzianowski... Unless you're Kalidov, because Kalidov is so good that uh, he uh, he doesn't really need to, you know. Kalidov can um, <laughs> Kalidov can fight with him in any area uh, and uh, and win the fight. But I I think what Spilka will do here is just avoid him, like just try to avoid the takedown, try to avoid any sort of grappling, any sort of clinch as much as he possibly can. Use his footwork, move away, and just try to catch him with a few shots. And if he can do that early, or even if he does get taken out and he can survive the first one, I think it's massive, a massive, massive, massive advantage for Spilka. I Look, this to me is a fight where if Pudzianowski does not finish it within the first two minutes, that Spilka will win it, I think. Now, it remains to be seen as well if you know, how much of an MMA fighter he is, how far he can go, how, 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 you know, basically how he can do everything. But... You have, I, I like, I'm banking on a guy with that level of boxing to be able to have enough footwork to get away from a big lumbering guy like that, move away for two minutes until he tires out a little bit, and then jab him up and hit him. Like, Pudzianowski is not going to be able to take the shots of Spilka if he can land a few. Like, he really got like he wasn't able to take Kaladov shots. Now, Kaladov is, a, is able to be a lot more positive and a lot more, um, I suppose open with his shots because of how good he is as a fighter and he knows he's an MMA fighter and he, he's not like completely against getting taken down as Spielke I'm sure will be but I think if he's smart enough to open up with a few shots after the initial burst I think he'll get the finish here but just him straight up minus 180 I like that bet and go for Arthur Spielke um, all, my, all five bets this week are, are plus money now come to next week and are going to be zero from five but <laughs> that's the that's the, the, the one I'm willing to take I, the next bet I'm going for bet three I'm very much betting on price here because I think this is a 50-50 fight uh, and I'm going for the aforementioned Mario Zinkowski uh, Marian even Marian Zinkowski I got I, I love the way he's like the hardest second name in the world to uh, to pronounce and I got the first name wrong and it's Marian <laughs> but uh, he is uh, taking on Saladin Parnas uh, and he's plus 163 now as I said toss of a coin a real toss of a coin if Parnas was plus 163 I'd be giving him here but he isn't and that's why I'm giving uh, Zinkowski now I watched a good bit of tape on both of these. If you haven't seen the preview, please check it out. I, I went into even uh, even further depth there, but I just think this is going to be a really, really, really good boxing match, a kickboxing match, striking match. Uh, Marion is just so flowy and light on the feet. I mentioned in the preview, he reminds me a little bit of John Jones. He uses his lint very, very well. Um, he can pick lads off. He, um, 
is constantly, and even more so than John Jones, obviously it's either he's at a lower weight class, he's constantly doing stuff. He's constantly throwing, constantly jabbing, constantly kicking, constantly switching stances. Just a very hard guy to fight against. Parnas, on the other hand, is a lot less movement, but a lot more kind of, not, not more intelligence, but a very intelligent fighter slick defensively and he frustrates people because of that and then i mentioned in the preview he opens up for his striking after that he when he frustrates you he forces you to move he forces you to do something and then he kind of picks you off against marion that's going to be tougher because he's going to be as i mentioned he's going to be doing stuff all the time anyway so i think parnassus by the nature of um of how zakovsky fights He's going to have to adjust how he fights. And I think he's at his best when he's fighting the way I just mentioned. And to adjust to that, to fight someone else who's, you know, um, Parnas has gone up in weight as well. It's going to be very, very tough. Now, can he rise to the occasion? Can he do it? Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. I think this is going to be a, a razor chain, a close fight. But the, the way I'm just going here, and, and as I said, if it was the other way around, I'd probably be picking Parnas. But the bigger guy... The guy who, I think, maybe, and maybe the difference here might be, right? I think both guys can hit hard and maybe rock the other guy. I think Marion might be able to do it slightly more often if Parnas can't pick him apart all the time. Because, as I said, what Parnas pay, uh, preys on is the mistakes of other people because of his defensive ability and because they attack him maybe in a similar way a lot of the times. Uh, Zukovsky will not do that He'll attack him in different ways All the time And he's going to be harder to time And harder to um, to call really He's uh, It's going to be very very tough For Parnas to know what's coming next And to know what to hit him with next So <coughs> For Marion I think If he can land Three big shots throughout the fight Four or five big shots throughout the fight I think it, it might be his. It might be his. And obviously you need to stay defensively sound when you're fighting Parnas because he's going to fight in a different way and try to, or, or be forced to try to hit you more. It's a fa- Look, it's a fascinating fight. Even if, forget, man, forget the betting on this one. Just go and watch it. Trust me, this is this is high-level stuff. When you're, If you're going and watching this fight as well, don't look at this as like, oh, some up-and-comers fight or some prospects fight or whatever. These lads would be good in five years. These lads are world level right now. Trust me on that. Go and watch them. There's some of their fights on um on YouTube right now. Go go over to KSW eighty three on uh, on Sherdog, copy and paste their names and look them up on on YouTube. These guys are top top level. Like Sardine Parnas should have been signed by a Bellator or a UFC a couple of years ago. They should have paid him a load of money to be the star in France, but they didn't. And KSW do pay him a lot of money. And they're dead right to do and fair play to them for doing it. A guy like that should be paid a lot of money. But he could be a star in France right now, but he's doing his stuff in KSW and uh, fair play to him. And this is going to be a brilliant fight. A brilliant fight. Right, my fourth bet of the week uh, is a trilogy fight. They're 1-1 um, and it's massive and it's Scott Askin versus Mamed Khalidov. Um, and my bet here, I'm not picking either fighter. I'm picking this fight to go to decision at plus 130. Um... Now, it's if you look, you look at their first two fights and you look at the the way they went. 
Uh, the first fight went to a decision, so maybe I'm right there. The second fight ended in 36 seconds, so maybe I'm wrong there. <laughs> so we'll see how this one works out. Now, the first fight was in 2019, uh, Askham won that. The second fight in 2020, and Khaledov won that in 36 seconds. Remember that flying switch kick um, knockout of the year, in my opinion. I think a lot of people's opinions as well. Um, Askham hasn't fought. Since then, which is, I suppose, a worry if you're an Askham fan or if you're Askham himself, but the pandemic was a big issue and all of that. Uh, Halidov has fought twice since. He got knocked out by Roberto Solic in the second round. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, he got uh, the knockout win over um, uh, Marius Pujanovsky in their fight at the end of last year. So he has been more active, although still only like October 2020, December 2021, December 2022. Not not that active, but he did fight, what, six months ago or so, so not too bad. Um, the reason I'm going for this score to decision, I went back and I watched uh, both of their fights. Now, the first one I found kind of a, a grainy stream, but it was, <laughs> it was hard to find. The second one is only 36 seconds, so you can see the knockout on YouTube or whatever, but or on uh, Twitter or wherever you want, want to see it. Um, I think the first fight will lead to the... The first fight and the second fight will lead to the third fight. What I mean by that is, Askham was able to get a good bit of wrestling in that first fight. And when you get knocked out in 36 seconds against the guy, you're probably not going to want to strike with him early, at least, in the next matchup. And I think that's the smartest thing that you could possibly do. Um, Askham has been out in ATT again training. We know the level of uh, of wrestling uh, that's there. Um, a lot of his striking as well, his style isn't designed, I don't think, to fight a guy like Khalidov on the feet, the way he did in the first fight anyway. Because... He's, he's w- very willing to throw, right? Very willing to throw. And that's grand when you're, like, as I said with Jim, Jim Miller and um, Jar Garden earlier, like, and you can put this for both of them, they're very willing to throw against guys their level. Like, if they rise up a level, like, what, what way do they lie with? Let's say they fought a Michael Chandler or something, that could be big trouble for both of them. You know, big, big, are just engaging a nightmare for both of them because they're going to, they're used to people throwing that many shots and they're going to throw back at them, right? And that's kind of what happened, I think, to ask him in the second fight, necessarily. Now, the first fight, uh, it was more, obviously, more wrestling and things like that. And Pujanovsky, or sorry, um, Khalidov wasn't able to, uh, to catch him as much. I, I, you know, I think this one, even though the way Khalidov kind of says, see, the way Khalidov fights, he almost draws you in to want to hit him because he's kind of wide open down the middle with his karate stance and the left hand is always an issue against so uh Sopal, someone like Askham who can fight out his, who fights out of the Sopal position. But he kind of draws you in with that, you know? He almost draws you, oh yeah, go on, hit me right down through the middle there and I'm gonna crack crack gun. Throws these axe kicks, big kicks like that. And I I think he's going to so He's going to try to get the fight into that position, right? No matter what happens. And I think Askham is going to try to keep the fight away from that, no matter what happens. And Askham, I think, will get takedowns in this fight unless it ends in the first 30 seconds again, like the last time, or first minute like the last time. He will get takedowns. But when, uh, let, let's say he gets a takedown in the first 30 seconds, the fight goes to the end of the round. The next round, I think he, if Kale, uh, um Kalidov is going to be a lot more defensive, I think, on the feet to try to avoid the takedown, which is going to leave him less likely to get the knockout, if you want to put it that way. And 
leave Ascom less likely to be, uh, 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 the phrase I use for Ascom is willing to throw. He won't be willing to throw if Kaladov is kind of outside of a distance. Like Askham, I don't think is going to reach in if Kaladov is kind of outside of that distance, trying to avoid the takedown. So we could very well have a sort of, um, uh, you know, staring match there for a while. But I don't think that'll last long, especially with forty-five thousand fans in there. And the one to close the distance, I think, will probably be Kaladov, and that might get him taken down. So, like the. I'm I'm look I'm probably going for Askham to win the decision here but not necessarily because if Askham catches a shot coming on the way in maybe lands on the bottom himself but pulls guard or whatever and survives and survives I could see something like that happening too or if he does get a takedown maybe Kaladov can get around get on top and land a few shots himself you know I I think it's a fight that is going to be it's probably not going to be as action packed maybe as you would expect but I think it's going to be a very competitive, scrambly type of fight with a lot of, um, a lot of tactics in it. And when that happens, I think it, those fights usually go along, especially with two guys who fought each other before, know each other, and there's so much back history there. So that fight to go to decision plus one thirty is my next bet of the week. Right, the flyer bit here, and this flyer isn't as big as as they have been in the past. Um, as I said, because like. I had to get the show recorded and all the betting odds are not out there. So it's only a plus 300 this week, Flyer, but we'll call it a Flyer anyway. Uh, and it's Amir Al-Bazi to win by decision. Um, now, the reason I'm going for this is because I watched Al-Bazi and it's funny, like, from my memory, I, I, <laughs> I and maybe this is to, to go back to the, the first uh, point as well about Mick Maynard and about all the cards. I, I, and look, this does happen because when you go back and you watch fighters, you do get a different look at them. But I, I had Al Bazi down as a more of an action, and not not necessarily an action fighter, but uh, more action, let's say, than than what I went back and I watched this time. Like he he is kind of a a wait and see fighter, a little bit like Parnas, but more of a obviously a wrestler than uh, than a, than a striker like Parnas. But he kind of waits and waits, waits for you to make that decision, waits for you to make that mistake, and then kind of pounces. And he is very good at it, to be honest. Now, I I think he might run into a similar problem that Parnas does actually. Like watching that um Alessandro Costa fight. Early on, it like Costa didn't really put much, put up much of a a fight, to be honest, but. He didn't do much, and this is kind of what I'm talking about in the, the, the last fight as well. When you don't do much and your opponent's waiting on you, it can be kind of just a staring match for a while. And that's kind of the way the fight was here until uh, Albazi was able to get the fight to the advantage. Until he was able to get that, he landed a beautiful straight right. I think that was a second takedown, takedown, uh, where straight right down through the middle got him to the ground and got on top. It was a knockdown takedown, if you want to put it that way. And in the second round, he did, or the, was it maybe the third round? The second round, third round, he opened up a little bit more and was able to get like the straight takedown in that fight. So he's a very patient game. A very, very patient game. And it's it's good, to be honest. Because if you have any deficiencies in any area as well, he hides them very well. But he he showed in that fight he has power. He's very good on the ground. And we look, we all know, we know he's good on the ground. But I am... Um, I, uh, the reason I'm going for him and I'm going for him to win a decision here is I think there's going to be a lot of that as well. I really do. And I, <clears throat> I do think if... Uh, like, I think Cara France is somewhat of a patient fighter as well. So this... 
I don't think this is going to be a classic, to be honest. I think there's going to be a lot of patience, a lot of waiting. Eventually, someone will have to do something. And like, what are the chances? And I look, it comes down as simple as this to me, right? What are the chances of, of Cara France actually getting the big knockout? And what are the chances of him, conversely, going for the big knockout and getting taken down? I think the latter is way more likely than the former. Now, we've seen Cara France do it before. Don't get me wrong. He's a very, very good fighter, and there's a reason why this is a close decision. And plus, his wrestling is very good, and he's uh, a very very much improved, and his jiu-jitsu and all that. I've very, been very, very impressed with Cara France over the last couple of years. But in a fight like this, where one guy is kind of uh, waiting is for a period of dominance and one guy's waiting maybe is for a knockdown or knockout it's it's and especially a 125 you know a lower division it's way more likely that the guy who's looking for two or three minutes of dominance on top with ground abound with a few submission teams maybe is going to get it over the guy who's looking for the knockout now, that's, as I said, that's not always the case, and maybe not the way this fight will go, and maybe one round it'll go that way and one round it'll go the other way, but I think Albazi's kind of designed a, f- a, a, a fighting style for five rounds as well. I think that will benefit him. I think his style will still be very good in the fourth and fifth round, and I think even if he loses the first round, he's a guy who can win two, three, four, and five. And uh, that's basically si- simply enough the reason I'm, I'm going to give him. I think he's very smart. He will know he will be. And a lot of guys as well, look, a lot of guys are smart. to know you can't you can't walk into the big right hand or whatever it is of, of Kai Cara France. But not everyone has the, the moxie or even the confidence to avoid it, to be patient enough to avoid it for maybe a round or two rounds. I think Albazi has. And I think that'll be the key to this fight. And that's the reason why I'm giving him to win. So... That is the uh, that's the fifth and final bet of the week. Uh, Albazi to win by decision at plus three hundred. All right, let's look at some of um, some of the other prices. We'll start off with uh, with that fight. Albazi and Kai Carafans. They're both minus one ten straight up to win the fight. Fight go to the decision is plus one thirty minus uh, one seventy five here. Um, Carafans to win inside the the distance. Uh, it's plus 275 so if you want to go for a couple of bets there to back up uh, your first one that might not be a bad one so i think one of the two of them is probably going to happen albazi decision or car france maybe to get the uh the fight finished inside the distance uh the coming event apparently is alex caceres against daniel pineda um uh, caceres minus 175 pineda 145 plus 145 I would probably go for Caceres there, but again, he's another guy you don't know who, how he's going to show up and how he's going to look. Uh, but I will, I will go from there. Tim Elliott, he's a big favorite of minus one seventy five. He's had a tough time.